0: Welcome back to the FAM Lab podcast. So thankful for you listening. We hope that you get something out of each and every episode, but we actually have a really great one for you, and we are excited about this. Uh, again, I'm Barrett, and I'm here with Matt from the FAM Lab. And Matt, why don't you tell us about two of these uh, awesome guys that we head on uh, to talk about faith-based activities.
1: Thanks, Barrett. Kyle and I had the chance to sit down Uh, with Mason Peebles and Warren Shepard to discuss the importance of faith formation activities. And as summer is coming close, we wanted to have uh, two of our camp directors on for this conversation. Mason Peebles is the director of Camp Canaan. Uh, He's also the youth minister at the Sanger Church of Christ. Mason has spent uh, much of his career uh, working in education. He has a doctorate in higher education education. Uh, with a research emphasis in adventure therapy and at-risk youth, and he does a great job uh, directing that camp for our elementary school-age students. And we also have Warren Shepard on the podcast. Warren has been the youth minister at Waterview for over 15 years, and he does a great job of engaging his students on mission trips and wilderness trek and uh, different faith formation activities, and we had a great conversation with them uh, that we hope you will enjoy.
0: Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and follow this podcast on Stitcher or iTunes and share it with your friends, with your family, people that you think uh, would get something out of these conversations. You can email us at hellofamlab at gmail.com. Give us some of your feedback. Uh, How do you think it's going? What do you like? What can we improve upon? Um, What are some things that you took from this podcast? What are some things that you are doing as a family uh, that you think others should know about? We would really appreciate it. So we won't waste any more of your time. Get into
1: it. Welcome to this week's FAM Lab interview. My name is Matt. I'm blessed to be here in studio with Kyle and our two special guests, Mason Peebles and Warren Shepard. And we are very excited to have a conversation today about how faith based activities are an important part of a holistic approach uh, to spiritual formation. So we'd uh, love for our guests to introduce themselves. Warren, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself?
2: All right. My name is Warren Shepard. I'm the youth minister at the Waterview Church of Christ in Richardson. And I have um, a family. My wife is Lacey. Uh, four kids range from uh, just about 12 years old until two years old.
3: Okay, I'm Mason. I'm the youth minister in Sanger, Texas. Um, I have a wife, Linda, and two children, Kason and Kaylee, 12 and 15. I also do a little work with uh, UNT in the leadership department.
4: That's awesome. I'm really glad that you guys are here today to discuss, as Matt mentioned, just uh, faith formation and, and uh, just approaches to things outside the classroom. Um, and so I uh, kind of start off the discussion with this question of um, why is it important to have experiences outside of a typical Bible class or typical church setting to build uh, faith in a child? What's, what's the importance there?
2: I personally think it's vital. Uh, That's really why I'm doing what I'm doing right now. Um, In ministry, specifically working with teenagers, uh, I know there's different forms of ministry that are out there, but I'd say this is um, a a very crucial time in someone's life, um, and to get somebody outside of a classroom— you know, this is no respect to, um, no disrespect to any preacher. My dad's a preacher. My father-in-law's a preacher. There's all sorts of ministries that we do. But what I've seen in youth ministry, uh, what has changed in my life when I was growing up, getting outside, getting into a focused and intentional place like a camp or retreat, I, I've seen it do a 180 in my life. I've seen it do that in other students' lives, uh, and love being a part of that. And so it's it's very, very important. Um, I, I think about Jesus' life and his ministry. Yeah, he taught. He was, he was a preacher, but he did things. He, he went on retreats. He was hanging out on what we'd call mission trips or, or like a camp. I mean, they were camping a good portion of the time there. Um, and, and so I think looking at his, his model, and I see how uh, students can sit in some classrooms today, but once they get outside of that and we get something where it's very focused— um, and, and very experiential. Uh, we just see a lot of good with that.
3: I would have to agree. Um, you know, the classroom is a is a great place for for learning, and uh, you know, especially theory. But the, when you take it out into the world and and actually practice what we teach, and the like, Warren was saying, it is a one hundred and eighty. You see, you know, kids' light bulbs go off, and the the actual um, life changing events that. Make it so very important for uh, youth development. So, very important.
4: Yeah, I, I mean, I completely agree. Obviously, we're talking about this because we believe it's important, um, and we've all had personal experiences. And uh, whether in our own lives or in our ministries, seeing uh, children and and teens, their lives change because of uh, the experiences outside of a classroom. Classrooms obviously are very very important, yep. and there's lots of learning that's done there. Um, but going outside of the classroom, being literally in God's nature, God's creation uh, makes uh, a huge impact on a child's faith and how they develop and grow into that in their own. Um, can you guys share maybe a little bit about uh, a specific or um, just you want to share about a specific uh, experience? So I'm getting fun with all of my words here. Um, experience about uh, how you saw a child's faith grow, or a person's faith grow, or maybe your own if you want to share a personal experience of how uh, outside the classroom that that, um, their faith grew?
2: I'll first say this is my own experience. I was a teenager. I had been a Christian for about a year, raised in a Christian home, and I went off to a camp. Parents had sent me to one some of y'all know Uplift up at Harding. I went there when I was a teenager, all by myself, didn't know anybody, and I was around one youth group, and specifically their youth minister for that week. It was just kind of a potluck, whoever I got assigned to, and that week was life changing. Did an absolute 180 in my life. Our church didn't have a youth minister, any sort of activities like that growing up, and but the short time I was around that group, but especially that that youth leader. It just changed my life, uh, changed my direction, and um, so many other times I've seen, not only then as a teenager, but then in almost 17 years of ministry, seeing what those experiences have done to students, uh, It's it's been great to see.
1: One of the things about these activities is, uh, like you mentioned, is it helps people get out of their comfort zones and uh, experience something that's different. What value do you think it has for students today to um, to have to experience things that they don't do on a daily basis in terms of, you know, like maybe it is an activity or it is a mission trip? Um, just bursting that bubble, what value do you think that that has?
2: I think it has huge value just to get outside of their comfort zone and honestly following jesus is all about getting out of our comfort zone um he's going to take us to places that we may not want to go to and so it is following as followers of jesus uh, i think it's all about that i think there's challenges with that i don't know if we'll talk about that later but then working with students well now we're trying to get their parents their, their precious possessions out of their comfort zone H- how do we die to ourselves but then how do i get somebody else's kid to die to themselves. It's a tough, uh, tough task, I think.
1: I think that's great, and that's kind of what we're leading into of you know, part of this conversation is to encourage parents to be willing to allow their kids to, to try new things. What type of encouragement uh, have you given to parents over the years, or um, you know, how do you encourage parents to step out in faith and allow kids to participate in these type of activities?
3: That's a hard one <clears throat> with a lot of parents, um, especially when they're first coming into the group when they're big enough to go on mission trip or, you know, uh, or a kayaking trip or, or, you know, something like that. Um, what's helped with some of my parents is is helping them to see um, that it's important for their kids to be able to, to, you know, experience and express their Christianity without mom and dad there. Um, so that they can, you know, and it's so cliche, but it's true that they can spread their wings and begin to develop who they are spiritually. Um, And also the reassurance is that, hey, you know what, Um, those adults that are there are professionals, and we're going to keep a good eye on them, and we're going to do, you know, everything under our power uh, to not only, you know, keep them safe, but that they're going to grow exponentially, hopefully, over that experience.
2: I'd say that toughest challenge we have is maybe the parent that's a little more timid to let their kid go out on an adventure. Um, I've seen some of our our parents struggle that more than uh, than a teen would. And so I, the encouragement I would give to parents is not just let them go, but also push them to go. Uh, tell you a personal story. I was growing up, went to camp when I was younger and, and mom and dad were there. Dad had directed. And so for my youngest Uh, years I remember going to camp but then we moved from uh, Kansas to Arizona I went to a camp for the first time by myself and it wasn't the same experience I had when I was younger because it was a different camp different place and I wrote and Maybe for some of your audience, I wrote a letter, which is literally pen and paper, and then you send it through the snail mail, and you get it you know, several days later, right? So no cell phones, uh, nothing like that. I send a letter to my parents the first day at this new camp, talking about how horrible this is and how I hate it. I can't believe I'm here. And, uh, and I can just imagine uh, what my parents thought when they got that letter in the mail in a couple of days. Uh, good thing is they, they knew not to call right away. They knew it was going to be okay. Uh, my parents understood that, but I'm not sure if every parent today – would react in that same way. Of course, there's a lot more of an instant uh, notification they would get if something wasn't going good. I had a trip that uh, students would have cell phones on and we weren't even out of town on the bus. And I already got one parent call me, hey, they're not having a good time or somebody getting sitting by them. I'm like, it, like, It's okay. We'll, we'll work with this. It And and so getting them out of their comfort zone, if they're going to get an instant message back to somebody, you know, I know every group has a different policy, when can you have phones or not have phones, but but letting your kid uh, branch out to do something new, but then also pushing them to say, hey, I know you may not have your best friend on this trip, but it's important for you spiritually, and so you're going to go on this. And and pushing them that direction, I think, is something our parents really need today.
4: I, I remember... Uh Last summer, there was a student that was going on one of our trips, and I felt like going into that trip, I wasn't sure how he was gonna do. Um, I wasn't sure how well he would be received, and also how well he would work and just participate in everything that was going on. And he blew me away. I think he finally was able to uh, get away from uh, his comfort zone, get away from things that he was used to, and to have to do something that required him uh to to work harder than maybe he had before i I think he's got great parents but just allowing that opportunity for them to uh, really own what they have to do Uh, on this trip again he blew me away and i thought he did a great job and was very proud of the work that he did and i'm not sure that would have happened if he wasn't able to go on that trip um Mm -hmm. so yeah the the value of that of getting out of their comfort zone like he said is uh, is tremendous um yeah
2: there's one time that y'all may remember the person and for those listening we get a chance to work together on several activities and camps together and and so you guys probably know who I'm talking about here but there was one kid we've tried to get involved in our group and it just didn't work for whatever reason nothing clicked once again talking about that classroom it's it's tough for those connections sometimes in a classroom and so he had come a couple times didn't make any connections went home something happened to where he was forced to come to camp that summer Mom said, you're going, you know, something had happened. And that week at camp was a life-changing experience for him. Mom called me after camp. I'm not sure what, it was one of those messages like, oh no, what happened? It was an incredibly encouraging, just just one of those phone calls. You're like, okay, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Um, And this person has gone on to some great things because of um, someone pushing them. You're going to this and, and we see the results of that.
1: One of the things that we've been talking about on the podcast is helping kids reach a new level of maturity and talking about how maybe society has taken away some of the natural rites of passage that uh, maybe we used to have to do to struggle to achieve something. Uh, Do you think that some of these youth trips and activities can help serve as rites of passages for kids on their uh, path to development?
3: I would say yes. Um, Some of the trips that that we do in in Sanger um, are specifically for an older group. Um, Like some of the trips are backcountry trips when we do mountain climbing and uh, camping and things. Um, The kids have to be a certain age to get to go first, and then you have to be able to kind of survive and maintain a little bit in the outdoors. Now, it's nothing too dangerous or scary Um, But it is something that, you know, that they look forward to. And then, you know, as they, you know, develop and get to have different jobs at those trips, um, I think it's a great way for them to actually, and I hate to say it, but actually earn something rather than just be given something for participation.
2: Yeah, I think it's great. And every trip is going to be different. Uh, One trip that comes to mind, at least for me, is we have a trip that's for our graduating seniors. A number of years ago, it was just a fun fellowship, last trip together type of activity. And I noticed we had groups that were connecting really well at church if all of their friends were there. And then when they'd go off to college, they would really struggle. And they would say, oh, it's not like church back home. And what they really meant by that is my friends aren't there with me. And so I changed that year to where our (laughs) senior trip would, you know, we'd have some fun with it. But the goal with that trip is that they were to plan everything on that trip, which was totally different than just about every other trip we've ever done. And it was to an extreme. They were really uncomfortable. So you're you're telling me we get to decide what stops? Yeah. And one of the things on that trip is, well, it was Sunday, and I said, okay, what are we doing? And, and so I was very intentional with that trip. And so once again, this is kind of that rite of passage of you're about to be on your own, you're about to be making all your decisions. And so we had one trip very intentional of you are making every decision on this trip. Now, okay, so y'all are youth minister. I had, did have the veto power. I know we had some skydiving requests and things like that. But still, um, you will be making these decisions. And then also, how do you find a church when you're going off to college? Being a visitor for the first time. And then I'd have them go, and they would sit by none of their friends, go meet somebody new. And so that was kind of a rite of passage because you're about to be doing this on your own. Uh, so to me, that's one trip that really comes to mind about how how can we do that because it is is very important uh, for these life stages, these moments um, in, in someone's adolescence?
1: When you think about yourselves as parents and maybe peel back the layer a little bit, you've <coughs> you've had to make the choice to send your kids on activities. Um, how do you empathize with some of those things that maybe parents are going through as they choose to send their kid on? A trip or activity for the first time
2: one thing that comes to mind for me and it's been as of late uh, we've talked about th- that there's more connection with uh, young people and their parents uh, just the instant access with phones and as we've said before maybe it's it's tougher for our younger kids to go off to a, a retreat or a trip or an activity because it's it's really mom and dad that want to have that constant um, oversight of what's going on. And so I've been a little more intentional about, Hey, I'm going to send, you know, some pictures or we're going to do a video that I'm going to send back to these parents, uh, to really help them get over that hump to say, Hey, let's, uh, let's start this process early. And it helps them still connect, um, to their students while they see them grow at this, uh, place where we want them to be separated from the rest of the world. And, And so that's helped at least for us. Yeah,
3: that's a, that's a good one. Um, I can definitely empathize with parents, especially now that mine have gotten big enough to go do other things. Um, Because as the youth minister and a director at camp and all of that kind of thing, my kids have really, you know, you want to talk about hover parents, that's kind of the way, I mean, that's just the way we run our life. Um, But I'm with Warren though, what helps when Kaylee's gone to, that's my daughter, um, has gone to, different camps with band um it helps when you know we get pictures in the night and things but you know being who i am as a youth minister i know it's not a good idea for me to talk to them and that's what i always try to tell my parents you know we'll send you pictures and things like that and that'll help um but it's not a good idea to talk because then you know then the missing thing comes on now, mine are older now but especially with the younger groups um you know is is also understanding too uh, how good it is for the child to do some growing without mom and dad around, especially when it's, you know, people that are looking out for their, their safety and more than that, their spiritual development. So,
1: so in continuing on that, how, what are some tips for how mom and dad can make the most of building on the experience that their kids just had uh, on a trip?
3: Is whenever they come home is to ask the right kind of questions. You know, so, you know, the way we do it is, you know, the the what, so what, now what. And so what did you do? You know, so what happened? And then now how does that apply? How does that help you in your life? How does that relate to something scriptural or, or you know, a spiritual truth? And then let the conversation take off and then let the child lead it.
2: Yeah, I'd say be very intentional, uh, and, you know, we've talked about these experiences and camp and mission trips, but even in your Bible classes, uh, every once in a while I'll send a, a note to our parents, hey, this is what we're talking about this Sunday, talk about it with your students at lunch on Sunday. Uh, it's part of that, you know, talk about it while you're on the road, while you're walking, while you're getting up, in, in everything we do. Yeah, we send them off to places to learn, but having that constant conversation with them, um, so wherever they're at, but also right before they go on a trip. Talk about why they're going on the trip. Um, When they come back, hey, what'd you learn? And, uh, you know, don't settle for that. nothing or I don't, really, that means I don't want to talk to you, mom or dad. Really say, no, we're going to have this conversation because we want to know. You know, we sent you this. We we spent all this money on this because it's important for you. So let's sit down and let's have this conversation. And it may be one in-depth conversation. It may be a couple things here or there. uh, But definitely talk to them about what they've learned, what they experienced um if you can talk to them uh, with with our mission trips uh we'll have cell phones a lot just because of how where we have people located at and i love hearing our students call their parents that nice oh yeah we did this and and i was i was a little scared but this had happened and it's great hearing that and so and if you can do that while they're gone that's great but if you need to wait until they get home for whatever the camp or activity is definitely take time to do that
4: that's great those are both great uh things to do. I know one with my own daughter, <clears throat> my oldest daughter, when she gets home from school, I want to be specific in my questions. I want to say not just, hey, how was your day? I want to say, hey, who did you sit next to at lunch? Or what uh, did you do in math today? Or if it's a mission trip, obviously not just school, you know, what did you do on Monday? Or, or like, yeah, be, be specific in those questions and, and approach the, the trip with, Hey, uh, you're, you get to go on this trip, and I want you to go on this trip. But we are going to talk about it when you get home because I want to know what you experienced and if you felt like it was helpful, and if you want to go the next time, um, and be upfront about those uh, those expectations. Um, because trips, like mission trips and camps and and activities and things, they do play a vital role, and we've been talking about this whole time. Of we feel it's important, and if parents feel important. Uh, feel that it's important then the child will feel that it's important. Um, Mason could you talk a little bit about maybe your experience as the doctor that you are (laughs) uh, and and uh, recreation and play and how uh, that is a value in developing faith and and trust and all that those
3: those things? Those things? Sure um got my doctorate in higher education um Uh, specializing in uh, recreation therapy and and play and ropes and all the good things. Um, Recreation and play I I think are the parts of um, growing up as a Christian that we used to be told oh no we're supposed to be you know kind of solemn and you know you're not supposed to have a fun time as a Christian and things and I think that's where we missed it a lot. I think Um, you know education and I think you know missions and camp all should be uh, fun in a way that is educational Um, and so that it is the purposeful use of recreation and play that brings about um, change and education for our kids Um, I've had the opportunity to to teach it a couple times at the university level and it's interesting whenever you start with kids and you start to help them understand that, you know, we're, we're not just playing foursquare, but we're actually playing four square with the idea of understanding that if we choose correctly, then we can all win, you know, when you get to process that at the end. So um, Jesus said, unless you come to me as a little child, you can't enter into the kingdom of heaven. And children love to play, and adults don't. Think about it.
1: One of the things, I was blessed to have the opportunity to take Mason's class a couple of years ago, and one of the things that I remember you saying is uh, recreation has its roots in creation, and that, you know, there's just something powerful about getting to continually renew and restore uh, in a fun and active way. Um, to that, what is some encouragement that you might could give for adults in terms of being involved in some of these activities, maybe... Encouragement on the importance of maybe being a chaperone or coming on a trip or what are some things that you would encourage people to think about when they're considering that?
3: Help them understand that they have an, an easy role to play um, with these different activities and um, whether it's a, you know, a recreational game or if it's a trip or whatever. Um, adults play a vital role in that sponsorship and making these things work. And especially um, if you're doing an event that has several activities, that they can uh, help lead one of those activities and be a part of that activity. And then you know, that lets their child see them as, hey, you know, I'm here playing with you, and I'm here to you know, help you through this game and even learn a better truth from it. And then we're all learning together in the avenue of play where it's not so threatening as in a classroom.
2: You know, we love having parents involved, parents, um, adults of all ages, uh, love having some uh, adults that these kids can look up to on the trips. And one of the things I'd want to encourage um, any adult leader is to realize that you make a bigger impact than you know. Uh, so many times we have adult leaders that, that have done so much and, and they don't have any clue what that has meant to the, to the young people. I'll, I'll tell you about that youth minister. I, I was around a short period of time when I was a teenager. He probably has no idea who I am. It was 25 or so years ago. I was probably just you know some random kid hanging out in the youth group with, with his kid. And he probably has no idea the life-changing week that I was around – that it did for me that week and in other times I was able to be around that group. So uh, adults helping on trips, please do it. You will help more than you will ever know. And and the only warning, I guess, I would say, is uh, all of us here that are youth ministers realize this. Sometimes parents and/or adults, especially parents that are on trips and your kids are there, um, realize we are all one family. Don't just hover around your one kid. That causes lots of issues. So uh, be there. In fact, challenge um, for you is to be there for other kids and to give your kids that space. Let them grow. Uh, let them have their time, and you know if you need to be there for yourself, that's fine. But um, give give your kids that space, and be there for some other kids that week.
1: Thank you both so much for being here with us today. We've ended each conversation with this one final question, and it can be on the topic, or you can take it in whatever direction that you would like. But it, what is one piece of encouragement or practical advice that you'd like to leave parents with? As we close our conversation today,
3: first thing that pops in my mind, if you want to ask me that question, um, Psalms one: Blessed is a man that doesn't walk, stand, or sit in the way of mockers. You know, he meditates on the the word of God night and day, and all that he does is going to be blessed because he puts God first every day. You know, if that that would be the the one piece is, you know. Um, Read daily, but you know if you can't do that, at least make the conversation begin with your children daily. You know something about God or Jesus or the Scripture or something uh, that relates back to their day. Whether it's you know as we talked about earlier with the Deuteronomy six, you know if it's i walking down the street or from you know down on the creek and I see a fossil or you know whatever you hear the the, the birds sing, you know things that help our kids and help us as well to relate daily life back to God every
2: day. Uh, so one thing that I would encourage parents to do is really, if we want to call it a holistic approach, I guess, not just you know send your kids to Bible class. We'll talk about it at home too. Don't just send them to the activities. Do some activities with your kids. I didn't grow up in a church that had a, a quote, youth ministry program, but some of the things um, that really impacted me were my dad and I going on uh, to a mission trip after I had graduated high school. Um, Having a more organic approach and how you you do ministry, not send kids off to a ministry, but at the same time encourage them to take advantage of those opportunities that we have for the students, partnering with them, coming alongside and helping them. uh, It makes it even easier to do that at home with your kids.
1: Thank you so much, Warren and Mason, for being with us. If you will, stick around and we will review this conversation on the FAM Lab. Thanks for being here.
0: And welcome back inside the FAM Lab. I'm Barrett and I am with Mikey, Roslyn, and Matt. And we hope that you really enjoyed the interview with Warren and Mason and got something out of it. And we just wanted to share some of our thoughts and some of the um, feedback that we have on the the ideas that they mention and things like that, and just things that we like about faith-based activities and adventures and uh, the kind of the pros and cons. But before we get into that and things for parents to think about when considering camp, et cetera, uh, we wanted to share some of our camp-slash-adventure stories. And uh, I'll start, and then I'll kick it over to Mikey. But uh, I went to Camp... High Lake, I was trying to remember the name, Camp High Lake when I was in fifth grade uh, with uh, several of my friends from the school that I was going to. And on like day one, maybe the second meal of day one, uh, I there was a, a girl that got caught with her elbows on the table. And this is my least favorite thing that camps <laughs> do. This poor girl got singled out for her elbows on the table and I had to run around the mess hall holding hands with a girl and it devastated me. And I was so embarrassed and I cried and my mom was like working as a counselor at this camp. And I went and cried to my mom and she's like, Barrett, that's like best case scenario for you. That's your first girlfriend, you know, and I was like, this is devastating, you know, just awful. And so I cried a lot my first time at camp and I took a nice fat hiatus from camp for a while uh, and did not go back until I was in high school uh, and then obviously loved it, had a great experience. Uh, with camp, but Mikey has a much better camp experience, much better camp story than I do.
5: Well, I don't remember crying quite that much at camp, but I did go to camp a lot as a kid. I went to uh, camp at uh, Cisco in West Texas, and that was really hot and really dusty. I remember that the most, but that's where I learned to love camp singing and just the experience of being outside and singing with a big group of people. That that was awesome. Um, my other... Best memory from Cisco camp was canteen snack time for kids at camp is awesome because you get to make your own choices on snacks. And at that time, they still had candy bars, full-size candy bars at at canteen. And I loved getting that for my snack. Um, But then my high school camping experiences were mostly in Colorado in these little cabins with no air conditioning and no heating and no insulation. It was just boards. That were put together, and so we were hot during the day and froze at night, but campfires there were amazing, and my favorite part of those experiences were the midnight hike, where you would take your flashlight and go out, and we hiked maybe half a mile away from camp and had a campfire out in the woods and the singing there and just being under the stars, so great experiences for me at camp.
0: Did they have sour straws?
5: At yeah. Canteen. yeah they did sour that's straws. like
0: something you only see at camp always I feel like. yes
5: sour straws and fun dip oh, fun yeah dip. that's yeah, a good those camp are fun. snack
0: yeah um, and kids drinking like dr pepper through a sour straw that's something you can only get away with at <laughs> a camp right yes
5: yes and i also experienced um a camp on a college campus too so what i always called concrete camp because we were in town and we were going to activities in the city and we were always on sidewalks and parking lots and going on buses and that was just a very different experience than my Colorado camping experience but but also learned a lot there a lot of good classes and meeting a lot of kids good times at camp for me
1: first time I went to camp was in the fifth grade and got invited by my cousins to go with them to camp uh, my brother and I did, and they went to a Florida college-sponsored camp in Marble Falls called uh, Camp Hensel. And uh, for those of you that uh, that know me, I'm I'm fairly pale-complected. Uh, but for a long time of my life, liked to think that uh, I could possibly tan like the other kids that I thought was cool, and so it would be uh, pretty uh, spotty with my sunscreen coverage at at best, and. Uh, My first year at camp I got sun poisoning and my aunt was the nurse and so I spent most of camp uh, hanging out with uh, my Aunt Lisa and then the nurse's office and I never went back to camp until I was a youth intern uh, in college. Did a lot of mission trips and wilderness trek and uh, different youth activities but um, really missed out on camp because I love it now and uh, really enjoy uh, that week every summer and wish I would have Uh, stuck with it and and kept going to camp even though uh, I should have wore some sunscreen at camp.
6: Well, wow. I love hearing about um, all of your camp stories, but I guess my story is a little different. The first camp that I had the opportunity to go to was after I graduated um, from high school. I was a senior, had never been to a camp. At our congregation, we were just happy to have a youth group, but we didn't have a lot of camp opportunities except for one opportunity every year, and that was to go to what we call the National Youth Conference. But it was a little different for my brother and I. Uh, I had a younger brother, have a younger brother, and our parents are a different faith. So we never really had an opportunity to go to that camp until two ladies at our congregation decided that we should not leave and graduate without having that uh, experience, and they actually paid for us to go to camp and when I think about going to camp that is what I think about those two wonderful women who said we're just gonna you know make sure these kids have this experience so I think that's really great and the camp that we did get a chance to experience um, was in St. Louis and it was on a college campus so it was kind of one of those concrete camps and it was seminars and it was a great experience but it was a lot different from the camps that I'm sending my kids to right now.
0: That's awesome. And we're going to get into um, some of that with the things to consider and like processing trip is like, you know, what's the line of encouraging someone to go and, you know, quote unquote, forcing someone to go or sponsoring someone to go on a trip, you know, because that's kind of some pressure they're putting on you to, hey, you need to experience this. And so paying for you to go and that sort of thing. But, you know, is that okay? Is that good? Um, I made it sound like my camp experience was Negative, and based on the horrific looks on my fam lab members' faces, uh, I should clarify: I love camp. Had a great time, almost died a couple of times, but your kid is fine. Um, I, you know, loved the sand volleyball and stuff and uh, other things. Positives. There's a lot of good, good camp stories. But I ended up working at um, several camps. I worked at Camp Arrowhead in North Carolina. It was great. When you, Mikey you started sharing about hot cabins and things like that. I was like, Oh yeah, I spent an entire summer of my collegiate career at a camp. All all boys (laughs) smelled great. (laughs) Solid summer. It was great. Uh, So thanks for sharing some of your camp stories. Hey, we want to keep doing um, or (laughs) start doing and keep doing Um, lab results. We want to hear from you guys. Let us know one, what you think of the podcast Uh, again, like we mentioned in the intro, Uh, rate, review, subscribe, share this podcast, Uh, let us know what you think. You can email us at hellofamlab at gmail.com, and you can send us some of your camp stories. We would love to share them with our listeners. Um, Let us know what you thought of the interview and things like that. Uh, We would love to get your content as well uh, out to everybody that's paying attention. But let's get into um, what are some of the positives of sending your kid on a faith-based adventure like camp or trek or any number of things. Um, that your church may be doing, um, or, uh, you know, that other congregations um, might be doing as well, or the school may be doing, you know, but that are faith-based. And then um, what are some of the things that, as parents, um, we need to be mindful of? What are some of the, uh, you know, kind of drawbacks and just things that, as um, both parents and ministers, we're aware of, uh, but we just need to acknowledge and kind of talk through uh, as families and that sort of thing.
5: Well, I think one of the greatest benefits of these activities is just that the shared experiences really promote relationships between the kids and give them opportunities to make those deeper friendships with their Christian peers. And and also, so many of the things that we try to do, um, interact with other churches. And I think when those experiences come up, your kids see that there are other people in in the area that have similar values that they do. You know, when they go to school and are around surrounded by kids who don't share those values, it's hard. But if they learn that there are other teens, other students that do share those values, I think and extending their peer group in that way is really another benefit.
1: I think one of the coolest things about uh, mission trips in particular, especially while uh, your kids are at home, is – in a lot of ways, it models what Jesus did with his disciples. He sent them out uh, before he left them on their own to to do ministry, and it gives you the great chance of allowing your kids to experience something, to then process it with them, uh, to encourage them, uh, hopefully to share your own stories of a time that uh, that you've stepped out in faith. And so, you know, the whole idea of us growing uh, while we're still in a in a healthy environment is. It's very biblical, and it's a part of uh, how Jesus encouraged his uh, disciples to grow in their faith, and so the opportunity to do that uh, with your own kids is, is super cool and super important.
6: And I think for some kids, just the opportunity, like Mikey talked about, to get out and to meet kids from other congregations and to find out that, yes, you have the same values, but in a lot of cases at your congregation, Everyone might look the same or be from the same socioeconomic level um, and just have lots in common, and you can go off to camp and you can find out that, you know, they may not look like me, they may not live in the same type of house I live in, but we have, we share something that's much more important than those external things that we tend to look at.
0: I think the the memory making, the story making uh, is huge. and. Uh, I think that didn't really click for me how important that is to have, um, you know, stories to tell and have these important, you know, bonding experiences and memories until I was in college. And if you can start that earlier and have kind of relationships that are formed um, because of faith and because of a faith-based trip, um, you know, and have fun memories attached to your faith that can only help your faith, it only strengthens your faith. Um, it only helps you hold on to that and to know not only are these kids, you know, connected to me and by something deeper, uh, by something bigger than us, uh, but, man, we had a lot of fun together, and we've been through similar experiences, and we started, um, you know, at a younger age kind of experiencing these things together. So I'm all about creating an opportunity for, uh, again, kind of in quotes, an adventure you know, going, we go 45 minutes up the road to Anna, Texas, right? And mm-hmm. so it's at a YMCA camp. It's nice. You know, but creating this, uh, an opportunity for adventure and story and kind of unifying in this, this thought of, hey, we're making a memory. We're, we're part of something together. Uh, that's that's huge for faith formation. It's huge just for uh, where kids are going and, and kind of their life story as well.
6: I agree with that, Barrett. But also... Not only are there so many positives for for our kids when we send them off to camp, but there are lots of um pros for parents and things that we learn when we send our kids off to camp. And I remember the first camp that I sent my girls off to, the she was in the third grade, and I just thought it was, you know, as uh, Mason and um mentioned it was really hard sending them off and letting, them, sure. letting her go off to camp. And, and Warren actually was the person that I let uh, my daughter go off to camp with. Okay. I tell you what, she came back, and I found out that she was so much more capable than I thought she was. So she could do things, fold clothes, all kinds of things. <laughs> yeah. She, she could packed
0: take, her bag. Pack you know? her bag. She
6: could t- take care of herself a lot more than I gave her credit for. So, I mean, that was a that was a real growth experience, not only for her, because perhaps because, you know, I was brushing in doing all of that stuff for her that she didn't even realize herself that she could accomplish all of those things. But I realized it, too. So we both grew from yeah. that experience.
0: That's awesome. And maybe, Matt, we can kind of speak to, like, as I don't know we're all part of a ministry team. So I, I just say, Matt, as high school students or older students, like, We've seen kind of a, a sixth through 12th grader go to camp and as a minister. So, from a parent's perspective, you like find out what they're capable of. And from a minister perspective, me and Matt always come back from camp or, you know, uh, a mission trip or trek. I'm always like, wow, we learned so much about this student, um, you know, that we could, you know, potentially relay to parents and like, hey, you would not believe how bold so and so was, or, you know, you wouldn't believe. I mean, just totally different, you know, and they're like, yeah, you know, we knew that. Or, oh, wow, you know, you got to tell me more about that. Uh, But just kind of uh, get to see a different side of a kid in these experiences. And so it's part of your story as, you know, someone that is invested in their faith. You're, again, creating a story together um, and just being exposed to more of their personality than you get two days a week, you know, for most for nine months out of the year.
1: One of the things with that is, you know, each... Trip provides an opportunity to create, you know, not only a memory, but um, an inspirational kind of situation for the group to work towards. You know, one of the beautiful things about being a Christian is we have this incredible vision painted for us uh, by Jesus about what the church can be and about, you know, how it can bring people together and how it can provide people a better life. And, you know, there are just so many blessings that we get to experience when you kind of light that fire under a group of students to, you know, reach out and be the hands of feeding Jesus, the hands and feet of Jesus to a different community, um, that responsibility, that uh, passion comes out. Uh, it's really, really cool. And I wish that's something that um, parents always got to see. And I know there is a family that I went to their Bible study when I was going to Harding, and they heard so much about uh, the things that their kids were doing on mission trips that they changed the way they did vacations. Uh, they made sure if they went to uh, say they went to Philadelphia on a vacation, they would choose one day of that vacation to be a service day in whatever town they were going to. And they would find an opportunity That's uh, awesome. to serve one of those days mm-hmm. because they wanted to, you know, connect everything back to service. Not that that was a really cool, neat thing to do with your family.
0: Man, I, I love that. I think we're gonna have to steal that <laughs> as a family. I mean, just that's great. Uh, I mean, talk about plugging it, you know, back into something that's bigger than you. And I mean, my family was we were huge about bumming around. You know, it's like, hey, we're gonna go on vacation, and it literally means just laying on the beach or sitting in a cabin for the full week. Um, but that was not what we valued necessarily as a family, but. You know that was just kind of understood but i think that's good
5: well and you do you do need that recreation time too oh, sure. and and to recharge and that's part of what these experiences are as well i mean there's a lot of activities in camp that are just for fun i mean half the time we're going to stop at the end of the activity and process what we did but the other half of the time we're just enjoying ourselves we're relaxing we're getting to know each other when i think about uh kids building relationships and getting to know other kids that aren't in their normal peer group, it makes me think about how, how we learn what we're looking for in relationships. And I think if our young students learn that there are people out there with common values, then they can prioritize that when they go out and are looking for relationships later in life that I can find someone with common values that I can love and that I can have relationship with and just know that it's out there.
1: One of the things that I appreciated about uh, the conversation with Mason and Warren was our discussion around the importance of play. I think kids are faced with so many things that give them stress that is so much more than maybe ever before. The constant information overload, uh, people making asking them to make decisions about their future at a younger age all the time, and just letting kids be kids is very spiritual. And, you know, God desires for us to enjoy his creation. He desires for us to enjoy being with his people. And I think sometimes you can learn more about yourself and learn about God uh, just as much by playing as serving. And that's why uh, these opportunities are hopefully uh, a good blend of both. And as parents, you know, we got to play and we got to, you know, not forget that, you know, that's an equal part of of how we're going to show our kids about the nature of God that every time we play, we're recognizing that, you know, I don't have to be working right now. I'm not in control. God's in control. Um, You know, it's okay for me to let him be God and uh, enjoy the world that he's put us in. That's so important uh, for our kids to see us doing.
0: Yeah, so hopefully something practical for parents that are listening, ministers that are listening, teens that are listening, it is okay and maybe should be expected to have free time and quiet time. It's something that we take very seriously that we have on all of our trips. There's going to be free time and quiet time, you know, in different amounts of time, you know, sometimes just 30 minutes here and there. But, um, both of those, uh, are important for spiritual formation. They're important for these activities. Um, hopefully um, we'll find a place in your family vacation, but, let's transition to kind of some uh, ideas or things that happen on these trips or uh, however you want to phrase it, but um, maybe challenges um, for, you know, sending a kid, you know, it's tough to send a kid. It's tough to maybe uh, push a kid like Warren was saying, you know, encouraging them to go or really pushing them out of their comfort zone. That's tough. And so what are the things that make it tough to do that? Um, what are some of those um, for lack of a better word, you know, the we're did a list of pros, but what's, what are some of the cons? What are some of the things that we want um, parents and teens to be aware of uh, when they're going on these faith-based activities or trips?
5: Well, the question often comes up whether uh, we should compel our kids to go on an event if they're not really into it. You know, we think it's going to be a great idea for them, but maybe they're not interested. So, should a parent force their child to go or just how can we encourage them? That's always a question that comes up. And I think that it's one of those situations that is different for every child. You know, you, as a parent, you have to be the expert on your child and know if it's something that they could handle that would be good for them um, or know if it's a time to back up, uh, back off of that. You know, there's, there's no way for anyone else to know the answer on that question for your child.
0: Every child is different. <laughs> that was my one musical.
6: <laughs> that was a good one, Barry. Hey, but thanks. One thing I would add to that is that you know, if if you want your child to have these experiences, you have to start slow. So don't just pick a two-week trip for your child to go on if one they haven't been coming to. Bible class consistently, don't really have a relationship with your ministry leaders, Um, you might start with something uh, slower. You might start with the overnight or even just consistently coming to Bible class and and helping them to try to get to know the people that they would be interacting with uh, on that trip.
0: Yeah, I hurt my neck nodding so much. I was, (laughs) I realized no one can see that, but I was, I'm affirming you. Yeah. Start small, start slow. I, I'm always nervous for someone who, you know, is inconsistent showing up for class, which, you know, there's a thousand reasons why they might that might be the case. But, uh, you know, and they can't make a weekend trip, but then they just jump into a huge week-long trip with our group, and it's like, man, I know this trip could be a blessing, and hopefully it is. Um, you know, but that, that's tough. And so, yeah, starting small is, is great advice.
5: I also wonder if talking to your student about <laughs> – the deeper reasons behind why you want them to participate in an event. You know, if, if you see that there might be a spiritual impact or an opportunity for uh, maturity, you know, uh, maybe you know it's going to challenge them and talk to them about that. You know, just say, um, I, I know this isn't going to be easy for you, but here's why I want you to go. Here's why I think it, you will have spiritual growth or personal growth or, or that sort of thing, and maybe that would help them think through pros and cons as they're evaluating and then
0: yeah. vocalize the motives
1: the other thing about trips and whether to compel your kids to be a part of them is it's helpful to understand kind of the nature of the trip and so please ask the trip leader questions about the trip and one of the things that you know when you ask your student whether it was a good experience or a bad experience you know some like our our mission trips for example well they'll spend a good time outside working and they might not have enjoyed that and maybe that's something they haven't done before but that doesn't mean the trip wasn't valuable and so you know please don't use enjoyment as the sole barometer for whether a trip was a good choice for a student to be a part of that's that's just one of the the things to evaluate
5: I think you bring up a good point, Matt, about how <coughs> talking with your student about their experiences on the trip can really help build on that experience. But I wonder, how hard is it to get them to talk about the trip? You know, how hard is it to have them tell you what really went on and and what they really experienced on the trip?
0: Yeah, that's, that's a great uh, um, thought. And I love the way um, Mason had the the what, so what, and now what. Mm -hmm. And I thought that's a great, you know, maybe you don't say those things exactly, but Mm -hmm. a a great template or format for, okay, how do I engage my student in conversation about this afterwards? You know, so, hey, what did you do? And kind of, you know, in your mind, kind of flagging positives, negatives. Did they like working outside? You know, did they not? Or, um, you know, what was their, you know, enjoyment in the trip? What did they not like? Uh, But then, okay, so what does that mean? And that's a takeaway for you and also asking them, okay, so what did you, you know, learn about yourself? What did you, you know, did you make, what are your the relationship gains or losses on this trip? That's always, you know, huge with our students. And then the, you know, so what are you going to do now? How does this, I mean, we had uh, two girls in particular come back from the last mission trip of our summer last year, um, came back from Oklahoma City. We were a part of a, a big Servo KC program and man, it really was awesome. It was great. And they came back and said, okay, our, our now what our answer to that. you know, we weren't even asking that question. We were just processing and talking about, Hey, what if you stuck to these feelings and this emotion that you feel now for a full year? You know, what does that do? That was kind of our question. And they're like, well, it means we got to do this back home. And so they came back and they were super passionate about finding something and, um, know, getting plugged in somewhere. And so uh, they've definitely held me accountable on, hey, let's, we need the opportunity, you know, can you help us create an opportunity, that sort of thing. So um, that's good.
6: Yeah, I was going to say, I I think it was Mason who talked about asking the right questions. And I think you should always try to ask those questions. However, (laughs) every kid is different. And some are just not going to be as verbal. I mean, I have two girls that will tell me every detail. If I ask the right questions, I'll get all these great answers. Then I have a son who won't tell me very much. And I'm very fortunate because he has a great high school minister <laughs> who will come back and say, hey, Reese had a great time. We did this and we did that. And I'm, I'm really glad to be able to find those things out. But yet I will say, I still try to ask all the right questions and try to find out and engage him and every once in a while he will give me this jewel <laughs> and I'll go it was it was worth the try yeah. to, to find out
1: I think it's important for parents to realize that re-entry from a trip can be challenging uh, it could be simply that you're tired it could be that you've experienced something that you're still trying to process uh, and wrap your mind around I know uh, on some mission trips, you're exposed to a certain type of poverty or a certain type of, you know, situation that, quite frankly, it takes a while for you to really process the gravity of that and, and what effect it has on you and how, what you should do about it. And so, you know, make it a conversation uh, that keeps going. You don't ask your kid uh, about a whole week and expect to get it uh, back in an hour or, or different things, you know, just keep going back to it. You know, if there are pictures that are posted, hey, you know that's an easy way to go back to uh, that conversation again, and um, you know, just keep trying and peeling back layers um, and try to experience part of that trip with your kids.
6: Bear, I just wanted to add one last kind of pro thing about going to camp, and also a challenge is that when you send your kid to a great camp and they're challenged and the youth ministers are intentional about just teaching them about Jesus and walking in his footsteps and then they are compelled to put Christ on in baptism, it can weigh on a parent that they want to experience and be part of that. So I would say, because that weighed on me as a parent, to have a plan, to discuss that possibility with your children, and with if you if you know that they are close to making that decision, yeah. and with their youth minister to find out what you know provisions are made, and, and sure. also if if there is any possible way you can be part of that wonderful celebration, um, to watch them make the most important decision in their lives.
1: Yeah, so.
0: no, that's great. Uh, definitely um, something to be mindful of, and that may be a reason we're like, ah, I don't want them to necessarily go and to make that decision. Without me there, you know, there's a lot of things that come up. It's like, man, with technology today, I mean, there's really no reason to not have the phone call and to not. But, yeah, that you have to be intentional about talking through that, working that out ahead of time and having those conversations before the trip and that sort of thing.
1: And to our parents and ministers listening, you know, it's always a good idea to call parents, um, you know, when a kid's making that kind of important decision. And, you know, as a youth minister, sometimes you're excited about it and you want to be a part of it. But it's way more important for mom and dad to be a part of it. And, you know, you know sometimes we can get caught up in the moment and, and miss the big picture of what an important life event that is. And so, you know, got to bring mom and dad into that if any way possible.
0: Awesome. Well, we are recording uh, this <laughs> portion of the episode here in the lovely month of March in North Texas. And there could not be more blooms or terrible things in the air. So we're all coughing our brains out. And so we're gonna land the plane here, but we really appreciate you guys listening uh, to the fam lab, listening to the interview with Warren and Mason about the faith-based activities. And we hope that you will let us know um, what your child's maybe favorite activity has been, um, some of the positives that you see in sending your kid to camps and things like that. And what are some of the things that uh, made you hesitant as a parent, uh, but what worked with your kids Uh, remember we love to hear from you and hear some of the lab results we cannot wait to share those with you soon Uh, rate review subscribe to this podcast we would really appreciate it that definitely makes it easier on us share it with other parents and friends that may benefit from these conversations Um, you can follow us and i guess subscribe on itunes and stitcher as well this is the end of episode four for the fam lab we'll see you next time